Get your hands off my miscarriage. I know she's not everyone's cup of tea, but neither are you, Michael. It'll pass. Fuck you. It's Fleabag Season 2. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Dave Bag, And I am Michael. Are you sure you don't want to be Fleetchel? I am Michael. Today we have decided to continue our Fleabag journey with season two. Yeah, and we went back and watched the middle of season one, and I can now say I'm done. I'm finished. Just like Beavertooth Guy when he comes. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, we <laughs> today we watched only the first and last episode of season two of Fleabag. We're going to recap the ends and we have a bunch of questions about the middle to help us try to figure out what we didn't see. Yeah, you already know what it is, but here are the highlights. British comedy drama written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays our titular character Fleabag. Series two aired March of 2019. Shows won all kinds of awards and... This one, this season individually, and the show as a whole, the big old one hundo on Rotten Tomatoes. But that's it. We have so many questions later. Michael, go. We do, yes. Recap. Season two, episode one. Again, no title. Boring. 371 days, 19 hours, and 26 minutes after season one ended, here we are. Mm. Fleabag got that Amazon money. You can tell the second season got extra funding, I feel like. There's like better music cues. <laughs> it's just like shot nicer. Yeah. Seems like they... Def- I mean, there was a decent amount of time between seasons, so... True. We open to a puzzle. Fleabag is in a fancy bathroom, face full of blood, out here looking like that Andrew WK album cover. And if you don't get that reference, Google Andrew WK, I get wet. Thank you later. So she's all bloody, washing up, and a man knocks on the door asking, can I do anything? And then says, they've gone. So, and we cut to another woman we've never seen, on her knees, face also bloody. Fleabag opines, this is a love story. And bam, title card. Mm -hmm. Something tells me this won't be a Taylor Swift-esque love story. It's going to be a lot messier. I feel like most of her love stories are pretty messy. That's true. So the mystery is, how did we get here? Who's the man? Who's the girl? And was this a hockey fight that they got into or was some some mm-hmm. other weird debauchery? I just assumed it was one of those simultaneous punches where they both punch each other in the face at the exact same time. The two women? Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be wrong. But time to find out. Yep. It's now earlier that night. We're at a fancy dinner, an engagement party of sorts for the dad and the evil stepmother, although apparently not officially stepmother yet, which is weird. I I don't know why, but I thought in the first season they were already married. I guess I missed that factoid. Yeah, I had never put that together either. I don't know if they ever told us for sure, but yeah, I was I was kind of caught up carpet as well. Yeah. Fleabag shares what she's been doing the past year in six days, squatting, eating healthy, not drinking, running away from our soul guy, and doing her damnedest not to think about Boo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the gangbang's all here, including Claire, Martin, and a still unnamed man who we later learn is the soon-to-be officiating priest, a cool, sweary priest. Dad stumbles through her speech. We learn Martin and Claire aren't drinking because they're trying for a babe because Martin blurts it out. Silly Martin. First rule of trying for a baby is we don't talk about trying for a baby. Martin. Martin. I hated Martin this season. The dinner is going swimmingly, otherwise. 
evil stepmother keeps talking over the dad, needy waitress won't leave them alone, and nobody believes Fleabag that her cafe is doing well. She goes outside to smoke, and Hot Priest comes out shortly after to bum one off her. He asks her a benign question, and she starts to just walk off instead. So he's like, well, fuck you then, which is how I wish all priests talked. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go to church. Yeah. They share a smile, though. Ooh, sparks. Ooh, it's happening. It's happening. Oh. Dinner continues. <laughs> Fleabag questions if the priest is real. He confirms he is. Though this will be the first wedding that he's doing. Do you think he means real in a sense that like he's a real priest or real in a sense that she thinks he's a figment of her imagination? <laughs> both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, I could see that. They ask him how the dude he took over for, Father Patrick, died. He's like, uh, time? <laughs> Which is just a fantastic answer, really. Yeah. Evil stepmother wants to paint Fleabag and Claire as a gift for the dad for their wedding. Just, just stop, you attention guzzler. Nobody wants it. She's an attention guzzler, agreed, but she seems less so at the beginning of this season than she did at the end Are of last season. Are you kidding me? She just no, talks over everybody the entire time. Well, yeah, but still, she just seems less bitchy. Who even gets a, a gift for their husband for their wedding? That's not a thing. She just wants the chance yeah. to paint. Like, come on. She has you fooled. She could just fucking paint Harry's smooth crotch again. Sexy Priest shares that he doesn't talk to his brother anymore because he's a pedophile. And I finally found a word that I think the British pronounce better than us Americans. Pedophile just sounds so much creepier than pedophile, which is fitting. They say it really fast. I actually had to rewind this to hear what he said, because the first time I watched it, I had no idea what he said originally. Pedo. Pedophile. Yeah, pedophile. And I was like, what the fuck was that? But anyway, another smoke break. But this time the dad comes out bearing a gift in an envelope to, quote unquote, help Fleabag out, which we think it's cash. We don't find out yet, but it's not cash. (laughs) Not cash. Uh, But back inside, Martin's douchebaggery has reared its ugly head. And this is where we learn that the gift to Fleabag was not cash, but a voucher for a counseling session. Fuck Martin, bro. Also that. Yep. What a tool. But everybody is starting to get pretty tipsy at this point. Tensions are rising. This is the most awkward dinner party since Michael and Jan's in the office. It is. It's just mm. it's just getting rowdy. It's getting rowdy and awkward. Yep. Claire heads to the bathroom, visibly upset. And after a while, Fleabag goes to check on her. And I guess we should probably say trigger warning. And this is my this is my safety pause. Claire had a miscarriage, like at dinner in the restroom miscarriage it's horrible it's awful but it does lead to the hilarious line of get your hands off my miscarriage which is just which is just excellent and now she doesn't have martin's baby which silver linings i suppose you could call that a silver lining i don't know if i'd go that far yeah and it's probably not the time to talk about linings but fleabag forces i hate you so much (laughs) i hate everything about you You're the literal worst. Fleabag forces Claire to go to the hospital because, obviously, but she's like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Claire wants to be discreet, so they get back to the table, but instead of going with the plan, Claire's like, hey, where the party at? And just like, she's like, everybody drink now. Fleabag is obviously mad about it, so to push the issue, she's like, hey, everybody, I had a miscarriage. And that's what siblings are for, after all. When you're young... You blame everything on each other, and then when you get older, you start covering for each other. It's the circle of life. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, F- Fleabag and Claire start talking about it in codes. Claire responds to Fleabag with things that are all true for her, like, it's gone. And then stupid, balding Martin and his dumb face start saying shit like, well, the goldfish wanted out of the bowl. It was the baby's choice to jump ship. My seed is atrocious because it comes from me. He didn't say that last part, but he probably should have. So he's obviously, Claire is mad that he said these things. Yes. But how is the rest of this family not ripping this dude a new asshole for saying that about Fleabag at this very moment because nobody cares about Fleabag how did so season one we were both on the fence of like is Fleabag a good person and do we like are we rooting for her Mm -hmm. this season I felt like the the difference between season one every I mean everyone else was still shitty in season one but like Fleabag was the shittiest she was like the lead the lead shit but this season it's like She's kind of doing everything right, and everyone else around her is just trying to be giant a-holes. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it later in in my center counts, because we're asked to compare the two seasons, and I think it's like, she's starkly different, at least in the ends. We, we, don't, we don't know about the middle, but yeah, she's like a, I, don't, I wouldn't say a different person, but she's a much better person. Different enough where you can't just like excuse it away with a little montage of things that she did to treat herself, like yeah. being healthy and doing squats. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It just seems she's vastly different. Yeah, very, very different. But Martin wraps by pointing out that Fleabag got the attention she wanted, not before she rats him out for drinking in secret. And it ends with Fleabag punching him square in the nose like a damn rock'em sock'em robot. It's, it's a really good punch. God, she deserved it. I wish I could have jumped through the screen and punched him myself. <laughs> but she pulls back to punch him again and hits the priest on recoil and then Martin's block also hits Fleabag in the nose. Everybody's screaming and bloodied. And then a belligerent Martin swings his fist up and punches needy waitress in the nose. So just more blood, more screaming, really awesome looks of terror from Claire. It, it is a literal shit show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But cut to the bathroom or loo. Uh, that's what Brits call it, yeah. Good job. It's the same exact scene from the beginning. But now we see what happens when she leaves the restroom. The priest was the man outside the door, and he tells her he'll be there if she ever wants to talk. Wink, wink. There are already sexy undertones. Of course there are. She walks outside in the night, bloodied, until Claire arrives in a taxi, and when Flea gets in, she tells the driver to head to the hospital instead of giving her her address, and Claire just silently obliges. After a few moments, Claire turns to Flea and breaks the silence with, The priest is quite hot. To which Flea replies, so hot. It is on, baby. <laughs> You're so excited about it. <laughs> All right. Final episode. Also untitled. Just episode six. Final episode ever. Ever. Sad. Fleabag awakens behind a man. She admires the back of his neck awkwardly. And then he turns over and we see it's, it's Priest. Yep. It's the Priest. He made it to the final episode. More than we could say for... Dumpster raccoon from the first step. Nope. Bus rodent? Bus yep. rodent. Yep. Bus rodent from, from season one. She seems genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she just looks happy. And she says, I can't believe you did that to him. Did what? No idea what that means. Did what? He's also surprised that he did it for whatever reason. Don't know what that means. It is something with one of his appendages, right? Like either his penis or his fingers or his tongue or his nose or like something, right? I mean, I'd assume. Okay. But 
now it's wedding time. Off to the wedding where we will spend the remainder of our episode. So this season, all we got to see was a dinner and a wedding. And the dinner was an engagement party for like pre-wedding. So it's all that matters. Claire and Fleabag are standing welcoming guests to the party, one of which looks like a short, chubby version of David Lee Roth. Claire's hair is pulled back and she has bangs now. So Michael's out. I like Claire. I do. I, I feel for her. But what in all that is right and sanctimonious, what in tarnation did she do with her hair? Told you. She looks like a thumb. <laughs> no, she doesn't. The top of her head looks like the edge of a, of a French fry when it's burnt and blackened. I think her hair looks better than it did before. She's just rocking the hoof of a cow on her dome. And I am not here for it. Woof central. By cutting her hair with bangs, you think that she looks like the hoof of a cow? Her, head, what you her head looks like the hoof of a cow, yep, or, or the edge of a blackened french fry. So I'm not sure that you know that you can't just say an identifier in front of that to a woman and expect like, that. well, it's fine. Like, that's fine. What a woman sees, what anyone hears in that is you said I look like the hoof of a cow. Not that a part of me looks like a hoof of a cow, just that I look like the hoof of a cow. Well, think again before you put bangs on your And body. it's malarkey. She looks better. I, I like her hair pulled back. I like the bangs. I think she looks great. Well, you're blind. She looks radiant and happy, and you are selfish and shallow and a jerk. <laughs> Put up her face next to a blackened corner of a french fry and a cow hoof. I'm just saying, it's going to be like that Pam from the office thing. You are the absolute worst. Okay. We catch a quick glimpse of the portrait that stepmom has painted. It's Claire facing forward and then Fleabag facing backwards. All you see is the back of her head, mm -hmm. which is pretty funny. Stepmom takes this opportunity to introduce some of her friends to, to our crew here. <laughs> we meet a deaf man named Daniel, a lesbian named Francine, and a bisexual Syrian refugee named Asif. And she goes to introduce all of them to her husband, almost husband, and forgets his name. I loved that part, though, of us not... Because it was all it was was just a way for us to not find out what the dad's name was. Like, just to rub it in our face that, oh, you thought you were going to learn the dad's name? Nope. Nope. Gotcha. So that was good. And I googled what the, the deaf guy, Daniel, was signing because I was just like, it's got to be something. No. And it was basically like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Which, I, I don't know, like, inside joke humor like that is that's not explained is just phenomenal to me yeah it's clear that like she just invited a bunch of random people that she met one time at some point and they just happen to show up yep like we meet someone yet later who she literally introduces as a surrogate like that's that's all that she knows about them is they're a surrogate what is going on fleabag has gifted uh she gives a small package to to stepmom and they head into the kitchen to open it, and as she opens it, it is the golden bus that she stole in season one. She takes this moment to explain that it is a bust actually of Fleabag's mom, mm -hmm. which Fleabag has some confused reactions to. I'm guessing then that Evil Stepmother made this sculpture like years ago, back when the mom was still healthy and pre-breast cancer i'd assume so unless it was like a shrine to her breasts like hey i know you don't have these anymore i mean it's not intended to just be here's some boobs but yeah i mean I that's the main that's the main part that you see and well i mean the statue of david is just here's a little penis oh yeah that's a it's 100 a, a dick statue yeah disagree okay and you're supposed to be the one who gets art 
So at this point, stepmom also takes an opportunity to check if there are any shenanigans that Fleabag has planned for the day. It's important to her that, and I quote, there's no more miscarriages. At this moment, Fleabag goes out for a smoke. She startles the priest when she turns a corner. He jumps and says, I thought you were a fox. Don't understand. They make out for a second and then return to the party. Claire and Fleabag take an opportunity to chat a little. Claire hates Martin with a, with a burning passion. Same girl. And the man she truly loves is on his way to Finland. So must be someone that she met through work or yep. while she was in Finland for work. Stepmom introduces Fleabag to the priest as her unstable stepdaughter who's had a miscarriage, <laughs> which is just the worst, and then remembers that he was literally at that dinner. Mm-hmm. Claire just takes this opportunity. She's had a few drinks. She immediately corrects her that it was her miscarriage. Then they're all kind of laughing about it, and then it kind of like settles in. Everyone understands what happened, and immediately turns to Martin and is like, this is over, and then walks away, which, yes, finally. Thank you. I hate Martin. I, I do. I I. Yes, I do. But it it's pretty shitty of Claire to not have actually told him and then break the news to him there in front of everyone in that way. Like he, um, maybe he shouldn't have made a bunch of jokes about miscarriages in front of his. I her I sister. already I preface this with by saying that Martin sucks. Like he can suck. Yes. and Claire could have made a bad choice at the same time. Like no. there can be multiple truths in tension. I disagree. Well, there can. What she did was an appropriate response to him being a dick. That is, but that's not the way you be a good person. I don't know. I just don't like. Well, sometimes when you're surrounded by dicks, all you can do is suck also be a oh, dick. Okay. I I don't know. I again. I think I think Martin sucks. But I don't think it was uh, a good choice by Claire. And anyway, we, d- we can disagree. Yep. Well, Claire, Fleabag, and Martin all retreat to the kitchen, and Claire asks Martin to leave her. I don't know what this means. She can leave him. Why does, why does he have to leave her? I don't get it. He gives a big speech. He leads it off with, I know you look at me and see a bad man with a big beard. <laughs> good start. Uh, here are some highlights for the rest of the speech. I am here, and I do things. I don't make you feel guilty for not having sex with me. I'm not a bad guy. I just have a bad personality. (laughs) It's not my fault. Which, if that isn't Michael fucking mantra, I don't know what is. You want to know what the bassoon is? It's a cry for help. (laughs) The main fucking problem here is that you don't like me. Yeah, guess what? No one does. And lastly, I make you laugh. I'm a douche, but I make you laugh. Not a great speech, Martin. (sighs) Oh, see, I disagree. As pathetic as Martin is, and well, no, his speech was pretty pathetic. Fine. But he was also like, he was deeply vulnerable and honest, especially with Fleabag being in the room, which actually I'm just, I'm thinking about it now. Is Fleabag, Fleabag's in like every scene, right? Like I think the only, the only time I can think of that we don't see Fleabag in the scene is that, is the flashback. Like some of the, like when there's the flash of like, Jake walking into Claire in the bath. But like Fleabag's in every other scene in the show. Mm, yeah, potentially. Which, which is interesting. I'd know? have to like go back and like watch super closely to yeah. confirm that. But I think you you might be right. That is interesting. But yeah, like he's very vulnerable and honest. I mean, he's not very vulnerable. I mean he's surface level vulnerable. I think your definition of vulnerable and the definition of vulnerable for a normal human are two different things. <laughs> I think he is a little vulnerable. I will give you that. But I don't I really don't think he's really being honest and really trying to have a, a a constructive conversation. What about what he says is not honest? I don't I, no, I don't necessarily think he's saying anything that is untrue, but what I'm what I'm saying is that 
he isn't talking about some of the real issues, like the fact that he tried to kiss Fleabag or the fact that he I mean, makes he sexual that. comments to other women. He did say that he kissed Fleabag in that speech. He says that he did, but he doesn't he doesn't like try and atone for it or even like explain like why this could be part of, you know, the larger problem. Like what is caught? What is the what is the underlying issue? The underlying issue is he has a shitty personality and he sucks like that. That's that's nothing. That's nothing. You can't just be you can't just be shitty and then just be like, this is me. I'm shitty. Deal with it. Like you should stick around because, you know, I'm like, I'm shitty. I get it. Like, that's not okay. I, I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying that he is vulnerable in that speech. I mean, it might not be to the level that you want it to be, but he admitted that his son is creepy. Yeah. I mean, Matt, we all we all knew it, Martin. I, but still, to say that out loud. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought I, his speech was my favorite scene. In, and I think in both episodes. Or one of them. No. Yell fights are my kink. That's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we all know that. So. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. But he basically tells her he isn't leaving until she begs. So she gets down on her knees and begs. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't selecting that. So hopefully that's a series wrap on Martin. <laughs> the wedding is about to commence when we can't find dad. He's disappeared. The girls go, go looking and Fleabag ends up finding him in the attic. He got stuck when he went up there. He claims to check on a mousetrap that he put up there. It's kind of obvious that that is not accurate, but... Did he go up there to escape and then actually get stuck by accident? It's a metaphor for him in this marriage, David. You know, I understand that, but like, I want—I'm curious what actually happened. Like, if he went up there to get to to try and escape, why did he also get his foot stuck at all? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but who knows? Him and Fleabag do have a uh, a nice chat. He's obviously nervous about the whole wedding and everything, and Fleabag's like, yeah, I mean, we get it. Everyone would understand if you were just out of here. And he's like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah, but they do have, they have a nice conversation. He just wants the girls to be proud of him, and uh, Fleabag ends up convincing him to go down and, and get on with the, with the show. So two things. Number one, Fleabag, that floral dress. Hashtag floral dresses are fire. Her best asset is her legs. And they look, they look great in the her, her climbing up the attic and then holding it down, knowing that we were watching. I am here to tell you, David, you were wrong about the dad. He is a solid bloke. He's a solid bloke. Yeah, it only took like the entire show for him to try and connect with his daughter. That's what annoys me. He's an old British guy. What do you expect? He has started the path to atonement from season one. He's old and white and his eyebrows look like caterpillars. What do you expect from him? I expect for him to try and love his daughter a little bit more than he actually expresses. Okay. But the wedding commences. Fleabag tries to send him on his way, but he wants her to walk down the aisle with him. <laughs> Stepmother is not happy about it, but they, they commence anyways. Jake plays a, a nice bassoon song, which I was half expecting him to be actively bad at bassoon like for it to like yeah. bleed up to this bassoon thing and then him just be terrible at bassoon but the song is actually very nice yeah. we find out it's titled where's claire <sighs> fleabag tries to tell claire to just go go and get your man like why are you sticking around here what are you doing go and get the guy that you love i don't understand the where's claire joke am i daft am i daft i don't either. I think we must have missed something in the middle. There must have been, because there was very little Jake talk or 
anything in season one. So there must have been a decent amount of Jake stuff in season two because I, I did not understand what was going on there either. Okay. But Claire basically says, no, I don't want to go and try and convince the man who is also named Claire, it sounds like, uh, just uh, spelled differently. Uh, she's, she's not going to do it. She thinks it's too awkward and weird. The priest starts to give his monologue, basically complains about love a bunch, says it's really shitty, but that's the reason that we want to do it with someone else. We want to find someone to go through it with us so it can make it worth it. And it's very touching. And then Claire's like, I'm going. And just she gets up, rips her ponytail off her <laughs> head, which I was not expecting, and then uh, shows her, her true pixie cut and just walks out actually kind of jogs out she's out of here she's going to get her man the priest's love speech was my second favorite scene of both episodes it was good it was very good as a man who lets my heart override my brain even though i know i have a good brain and a stupid heart i just like thinking and talking about love sue me but love to me is like engineering like even though i'm smart i can't figure that shit out how the fuck do bridges work how do they work wow it's me you can't follow up with my brain is better than my heart and then say, I don't know how bridges work. And do you know how they now work? We all think, yeah, it's all it's all physics, brah. Yeah, but you, know, <laughs> you can't just say it's all physics. How does it actually work? No, it is the trusses. The trusses are able to take the pressure, the downward pressure, <laughs> to hold up the building. Yeah, you can take my downward pressure. Yeah, I mean, I you say you're smart. If that's what you consider, you to have like a good brain, and your heart is worse than that, then like. <laughs> It's like way down there. My brain is good in particular ways and engineering and, and physics is not one of them. Okay, perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I, what did you think about Claire's ponytail removal? I mean, gross. Just as gross as her bangs, though. <laughs> the bangs are even worse now that she doesn't have long hair. Yeah, because now there's less other hair to offset how bad they are. You're just so close-minded. It's ridiculous. I don't mind, I don't mind short hair on women, but bangs... I don't understand why you hate bangs so much. Because they're just ugly. They just don't look good. What is good. your fucking forehead fetish, bro? I, I just don't think they look good. I just don't get it. Like, people cover their forehead and you have a little conniption. It's not about covering what the is... forehead. It's just that it looks dumb. It's just a big block of dumbness. That's not true. Your forehead is a big block of dumbness right now. It looks like someone just took a pen and went like, like a block of like scribbling out over her forehead. I just don't like it. That's how the rest of your hair looks. I don't understand you at all. <laughs> After the reception, Fleabag shares a smoke with her dad and decides she's headed out, has an awkward goodbye with the priest, but he does meet her out at the bus stop where she's sitting and waiting for her bus. He basically comes out to tell her that he's chosen God over her, which is sad. Hmm. To try and save the situation, she says that she loves him, but he's made up his mind. He's chosen the Lord. So she, after she said, I love you, he turns to her and says, it'll pass, which is a little rough to hear i've seen some devastating shit in my days i've seen old people die people getting shot stabbed fires natural disasters but it'll pass in response to i love you might just take the cake that's rough that it was rough what kind of maniacal but also 100 percent true bullshit is that it was just <laughs> it like i get what he's trying to say but it should not have been the first thing out of your mouth my dude yeah it's accurate like it love often passes feelings like that often pass but just because it's accurate doesn't mean you say it that's what love is you keeping some hurtful stuff to yourself even though you know that holding it hurts but it would have hurt the other person more you hold it and take on that pain like that's love so fucking keep it to yourself bro <laughs> plus there's some things that like don't pass stupid man of god like she's like mid-30s and she like this is the first real 
I feel like the first time that we've seen her in an opportunity to have a real lasting strong relationship and it's just not going to happen. That's not that's not going to pass. <laughs> that's never going to pass. She'll remember that for the rest of her life. Well, it's like saying, oh, man, it was so nice when I got to hold my child for the first time. And someone would be like, well, it'll pass. <laughs> yeah, it's just not like I don't think big things like that are going to pass, my dude. <sighs> yeah, not great. But he loves her, too, but not as much as God, apparently. <laughs> and that leaves. As he walks away, a fox walks up behind him in front of Fleabag, and she points down the road after the priest and says he went that way, and then the fox just starts walking that direction. Don't know what the fuck that means. It was CGI, but it wasn't It wasn't great CGI, but it also wasn't the worst CGI I've ever seen. It wasn't terrible. It was, like, dark enough where it wasn't, like, the worst. It was average CGI. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and then um, we see Fleabag sees her bus is canceled, looks down, and pulls out the bust of her mother's bosom out of her purse again stole it again and then she starts to walk away leaving the camera behind mm. it even actually tries to follow her and she stops it yep shakes her head no and waves as she walks down the street and that is a series wrap on fleabag endings are hard uh I, as humans i think we're programmed to want things to continue on forever <laughs> For a while, I had a theory uh, going about the fourth wall stuff, which is clearly addressed at the end here. And uh, I think I will spell it out, but there's a particular question that I want to talk about it in So uh, when we have up in the middle. So I am such a tease. I will save it, but the ending was interesting. Yeah, I think it was interesting, too. I think I, I have a theory, too, about, about the whole fourth wall and everything. Yeah. If you want to bring it up in the questions, then we will do so. Perfect. But before we get to those questions, it is time to marry a center commercial... Don't understand that. Me either. Today's episode is brought to you by a podcast that we think you will enjoy. The Deepman Files, a paranormal mystery. The Deepman Files follows head researcher JB and pyrokinetic powerhouse Ash as they set out on paranormal investigations, seeking out everything from spirits of scientists to bunny-shaped beings on a bridge. Each episode covers a case from parapsychologist Dr. Deepman's personal files as he reviews his team's work in an attempt to see where it all went wrong. Spoiler alert, I guarantee Michael was somehow involved. <laughs> this isn't just your run-of-the-mill two dudes in a basement shooting the breeze podcast. This is a fully voiced audio drama. The brainchild of writer and producer Alexandra Clinton. This is a whole thing. Just a whole thing. There was a novel. There's a tabletop RPG. It's Alexandra's world, and we're just living in it. The podcast is currently in its second season, and there are ghosts, ghouls, and even the occasional ghastly occult ritual. In other words, if it starts with a GH, it's probably in an episode. Still waiting on the one where the team travels to Ghana. Maybe season three. But we're fans, and you should be fans. Check out an episode or two of The Deepman Files almost everywhere you find podcasts, and tell them Michael and Dave sent you. And if you have feedback, please send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com, as always. Plus, you can check out all our socials. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram at the underscore center underscore cut. We might even start posting to YouTube again, if that feels right. Yes, yes, yes. And it's been a while. We haven't asked if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts and you want to give us a rating and a review. We would love you forever. And you can always rate us on Spotify as well. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we have many, 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 many questions from Reddit about the middle of Fleabag Season 2, and I am ready to crush them. All right, let's get after it. 
playful underscore radio underscore four six four nine asks why did a fox show up in the last scene hot priest mentions being scared of foxes that happens in the finale but i think on the metaphorical level for him foxes are his desires and even though he is choosing celibacy over poking fleabag in her privates he's shown that he lets his desires affect him maybe more than some priests would so they are still gonna be with him hence the fox following him interesting um the fox is god next question c-137 underscore berta asks what happened to claire's hair I think she got drunk and cut it off as a defiance for her, her normally very predictable nature and then immediately regretted it because that happens quite a bit with Claire where she makes a decision and then kind of immediately turns around and does whatever the easy thing that doesn't require any kind of confrontation or anything is. And uh, and so she brought a, a, bought a fake ponytail to, to throw on to make it look like her hair is just back all the time. Mm. So we are talking about the hair that looks like a Lego characters at the wedding, yes? Yeah. Okay. Her head out here looking like the top of a stylus. What are you even talking about? Like that soft little puffy thing? That's what no. her hair looks Good like. Good stylists come to a point. Those are fucking those shitty garbage pens. No. Wow. Anyway, no. I, I think Claire's version of fleabag sexual promiscuity is just changing up her hair all the time. And I think she just chopped it off because of that and then added the fake extensions when she realized it wasn't good. So we're we're basically on the same page. Emmy Awards asks, what did Fleabag say to Claire after her haircut? Claire, oh my god, I didn't realize my sister was the fifth Beatle. You look like a lesbian. Next question. <laughs> Cat from Jersey asks, whose miscarriage was it? Martin's. Mm. More like Miss Marriage, am I right? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's Claire's and not Fleabag's, but I, I think, like, what if the question is, is it Martin's or Finland Claire's, like the boy Claire's? Oh, Claire's Claire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So mm. I, I think that's a red herring, though. I think it was indeed Claire and Martin's. Yeah, I think Fleabag would have been disappointed if she lied about that to Martin mm. when they were having their discussion. So I agree with you. I think it, it is definitely Martin's. Yep. Bullet dodged. All right. Internet Altruistic 68 and WM Cupcakes ask, Fleabag is supposedly a love letter. Who is Fleabag writing to? What was the love story she referenced about in the first episode? All right. I love this question because I can now talk about my theory. Perfect. Number one, the answer is not the priest. Let me get that right off the bat. This is not a love story. Correct. About the I think both this season and the whole show is a love letter to, drumroll, herself. Yep, bingo. I think Agreed. at the end when she walks away from the audience, she's finally giving herself space to just be okay with who she is and not needing our validation. But I think that the audience may not be us. Correct. It's Boo. Boo is the audience. Ooh, interesting. I think every time we see Boo, she's staring straight at the camera. And when Fleabag is talking to quote-unquote us, it's always staring right at the camera. But either way, I think the love story isn't her and Boo, because at the end she's saying, I'm, I'm past that now. I can, I can move on in my life and not have that be an anchor on my everyday momentum. I'll have a place for her in my heart and know that I made a poor, poor decision that set in motion her untimely death. But like, I'm here, let me live. Almost like her dad. Like, it sucks that her mom died, but like, like he said in the season one finale, like, I deserve to be happy. Like, I can move on. So, yeah, I think in short, the love story is Fleabag figuring out how to love herself and the audience may have been boo. Yeah. So I agree that she's um, it's a it's a love story 
writing about her, like trying to love herself. I do think, though, that she is writing this letter to her mother. Ah, so is the audience her mother? The audience is her mother. Interesting. Although the introduction of Boo is a solid theory. The reason I think this one in particular is because at the end of this episode, or in the middle of this, uh, the final episode, her dad is talking about how she's the way she is because of her mother but those are the bits that she has to hold on to. Mm. And I think her telling the camera to stay behind is her finally realizing that kind of like she doesn't need to imagine that her mother is still with her because she's carrying her mother always as part of her. Kind of like how she's always carrying the statue of her mom. Yeah, in her, exactly. In her pants, in her, <laughs> in her waistline. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, the fact that the statue appeared just before that happened also kind of makes me feel that way. My only hesitation, I, I like that. I think it rivals my theory. I think there it could be either one. But my only hesitancy there is some of the things she says, I don't know that she would say to her mother, like, fuck me up my ass. Like, I would... I mean, if those are all the bits that she got from her mother, yeah, maybe suppose. her mother was... Because Claire shares a lot of her dad's inability to, like, communicate and, like, show emotion Mm. and stuff like that. So I feel like Claire got a lot of her dad and Fleabag got a lot of her mother type of idea. Possibly. I like like both our theories. But Mm. I'm glad that we agree that the love letter is... uh, Maybe it's just both of them. Maybe she's constantly carrying both of them around and now she can... She can move on. I mean, it is the two people in her life that were most important that died, and you can't have an audience with just one person. So, yeah. It's true. <laughs> cool. It's truth. I like it. Next question from Darling37. Ooh, did Fleabag and the priest ever consummate their relationship? No, they just laid in a bed naked next to each other and quietly contemplated faith and why God is such a dick. <laughs> yes, they fucked Jesus Christ. <sighs> <laughs> no, but it did it. I waffled on this one because on one hand, like the priest leaves at the end with tears streaming down his face and chooses God. But on the other hand, the last episode starts with them naked in bed and her saying, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, he's crying. He's crying because they fucked good. But like if you've already fucked, why not just continue? Like if you've already dipped your toe in that pond, your toe's wet. Just like let it be wet. Why are you going to dry it off immediately? I mean... Because there is a difference between fucking and being in a relationship. Not necessarily, number one. But number two... I'd imagine to a man of faith, the idea of a priest not having a physical relationship or, or and like a romantic relationship is because you are devoting yourself completely to God. So I think it is less about the physical thing and more about him sharing his... Penis. No, oh. <laughs> like sharing his devotion, like his ah. a part of his heart with someone other than God. Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I went with the the sexiness because as a human, I know that you can't be naked in bed with somebody and not scrape your genitals against each other. So especially Fleabag. God, yes. Do underscore presence underscore six six five five asks why does the statue end up making a public appearance? I I don't even understand the the statue is out somewhere before Fleabag gives gives it to Evil Stepmother. Or is, it, is the public appearance just her handing it to, like, giving the gift? Like, why is she gifting this back? It, this makes I no, don't know. This makes no sense. My, my random guess is that Fleabag displays it at an art sale thingy at the church. I assume this was talking about her, give, uh, like, giving it back to Stepmom, and I just think it's Fleabag making a gesture that she's just, like, moving on and just, like, 
doing her own thing and she doesn't need to be tethered or, or do any of this bullshit anymore. Okay. All right. Next question from due presence. What body part does Fleabag mention in her Quaker confession? A pe- penis? A penis? Am I supposed to know what a Quaker confession is? Yeah. What the fuck is a Quaker confession? Is that when you get real honest while you're eating oatmeal? Just a breakfast confessional? I do a, a confession to the Quaker Oats man every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I also pray to the com- to the Quaker Oats man before I go to bed. Please tomorrow make oatmeal taste better so that I can actually lose weight. Something about her breasts, probably. I always want more Pez. <laughs> what, a, what a great name. I always want more Pez. How is Fleabag really doing running the cafe? I think she wasn't lying in the first episode, and it was going well. But then she got infatuated with the priest, and it went to hell. I didn't have my first girlfriend until college. I was super picky. And, and I, so I just like became like insta-obsessed. And I just stopped going to class and had to take a semester off. And me and Fleabag are very similar, so I feel like she would do the same thing. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You took an entire semester off mm-hmm. to just date? To, yeah, to hang out with my girlfriend, yep. <laughs> you are the worst person. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> Did you propose to this girl? Yeah, we were engaged. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Did you take an, another semester off to, to pr- prepare your proposal? <laughs> no. But okay. Thank God Sorry. that didn't happen. Now I'm married to Ashley and it's great. Oh, thank goodness. Did you take uh and do you just take like whole swaths of time off of work just to like spend time with Ashley? At first, yeah. Yeah. Almost got fired. Yep. Yeah, I I think no, I think it's good. I think she's genuinely doing well with the cafe. She looked very genuine in the beginning of this episode. And I kind of feel I I hate to say it because I'm worried that this season, the middle of it is not as good as last season because I feel like she's kind of gotten her shit figured out. Mm -hmm. And it's more so everyone else around her that is like off the rails. Maybe. Yeah. I think she's doing good with it. Okay. Uh, Next question from Pez person. What was the award given at Claire's work ceremony? Rookie of the year. (laughs) I went with hardest worker but it was given to her by her boss, Claire, who wants to do her. So he put a subtle winky face on it somewhere to indicate that she made him hard. Oh, so the wink was like after the hard? Yeah. It's like hardest wink worker. Yep. It's just bad. Sure. It's just bad, and you shouldn't do that as a manager. Sure. Yep. That's sexual harassment. Good job. Our next question from Trissa Roar. How does Fleabag's religious affiliation affect her life? I don't think it does. She just seems to live her life freely, which one should be able to do, as long as you're not harming other people. Which I I suppose you could argue that essing Boo's BFD was pretty harmful to Boo, but I digress. That sentence was nearly indiscernible from just gobbledygook. <laughs> essing Boo's BFD? Yeah, the worst. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> There's fucking like seven letters in that whole sentence. <laughs> You're terrible. I, I don't think it affects her one bit. Yeah, I so I don't think it affects her life, but I do think that she changed her religions just so she can go to church and see him. Mm. Some so, some schwum some who some some schwum asks, <laughs> what is Fleabag's favorite period film? Uh, uh, it, it's called Padman. <laughs> it is a it's a Bollywood documentary about how it's difficult for people in India or women in India as well as in other countries to get the proper hygiene products to to take care of their menstruation. Yeah, what what was that recent Disney one with the red panda and the girl going through puberty? Um, Turning red. That's about periods. Oh, you think they mean like set in the past? Is that what they're talking about here? I'd assume that's what they meant. The the joke was that I was going to make a period a period thing. La La Land. <sighs> 
our next question or our next set of questions from Frasher Clan. Frasier. Oh, Ooh, is this an Outlander fan? I think it is an Outlander fan. Frasier Clan. Oh, they don't spell Frasier that way. They spelled it wrong. <laughs> no. Must not it's be a book reader. The, regu- the real Frasier Clan was already taken. And it's just fans of Frasier from the, the 90s terrible show. From Brendan. What confession did Fleabag make to the priest? I think it. this ties to the religion one from a couple of questions ago in that her confession is, this is the first time I've been in a church since my mom died. Interesting. That's not a bad answer. Thank you. She confesses that she's never told anyone she loves them. Mm. Okay. That ties that to what you said earlier. is what makes the I love you at the end so poignant. Okay. I don't hate that either. I like both their answers. Clan person also asks, why did art keep falling off the walls? I feel like I can confidently say that I would send $100 to everyone who listens to this episode <laughs> if it isn't them having outrageously rough sex and art falling off the walls. Yeah, I think this one's pretty obvious. Like Fleabag was clearly getting pounded against the wall by the priest. Her vagina was Goliath and the priest's penis was David. No, wait. Yeah, it was. Her vagina yeah, was maybe. Her vagina was the Red Sea and the priest's cock was Moses' staff. Oh, no, it's no, just no. Moses. Third time's a charm. Her vagina was a baby and his penis was King Solomon. Bad. You're welcome. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. He cut her vagina in half. That's what I was saying. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh, man. Our next question from Fraser Clan. Who was the best shag Fleabag ever had? 11th grade, a boy from class named Ralph. And I think she's been chasing that high ever since. Just like any drug addict will tell you, it's never as good as the first time. But she just keeps trying. So you just made up that whole thing, huh? <laughs> I think the best shag Fleabag's ever had is, is with God. Mm. No, I think she actually answers with herself. <laughs> uh, nobody does it better than Fleabag. It's, yeah. I mean, it, we know for absolute certain that it is not bus riding. True. Accurate. True enough. So at least we can rule that one out for sure. Snopes confirms. And Harry doesn't seem all that appealing either. Nope. We can kind of get him off the list as well. Yep. All right. Coco Nutty 7 asks, who cries from Winnie the Pooh? Claire. I have no answers why. My answer is everybody, obviously. No, I my pet peeve is adults who wear Winnie the Pooh clothing out in public. Tell me you don't know how to manage your finances without telling me you don't know how to manage your finances. Ugh. That's an interesting peeve to pet because who gives a fuck <laughs> what people do <laughs> and what they want to wear and how they want to cut their hair? They could do whatever they want. I agree, but I can think you're stupid. I can also think that. I have every right to think you look dumb. You're right. Yes, thank you. But in the show, my answer is Martin. He feels bad for Tigger, who also has a shitty personality. That's pretty rude to Tigger. <laughs> the wonderful thing about Tigger is absolutely nothing. I fucking hate Tigger. Tigger sucks. That, that was really mean to Tigger. You couldn't say that. I bet you love that dick rabbit, whatever his name is. Called. Yeah, I like rabbit. Yeah, of course you do because he's just an asshole. I bet bad, you also like Squidward rabbit. from SpongeBob because you just love the like the the dad of the thing who's like, "What are you idiots doing? <laughs> You're so immature and dumb. You're the worst." Oh man. Our next question from Coco Nutty, number seven, obviously. Do you think Claire looks like a pencil? Now that you no, mention it, you just heat him right up for this one, Coco Nutty. Why? <laughs> Top, Why? top of a stylus, top of a pencil. I nailed it earlier. She indeed does. Oh, I bet this is what I bet this is just what Fleabag says to Claire when she sees her hair for the first time, huh? You look like a pencil. Yeah, I mean, why else would they ask this? 
Yeah, the rule of asking. It's obviously a reference to her hair, but no, I do not. If anyone is the pencil around here, it is Fleabag. Mm. Tattoo with Stars asks, Fleabag keeps looking at a certain body part of the hot priest and refers to it as his beautiful blank. What body part is she referring to? I mean, she strokes it in the end. I think it's his neck. I think it's weird, but also he's a priest, so it's there's a kind of a thing. I don't know. All right. I thought for sure you were going to say cock, but I know the real answer because one of the questions I cut from Reddit was, who has the most beautiful neck? So I just want I just wanted to watch you squirm. I don't have an answer. So you cheated. No, I didn't. I'm not. And I point. still wa- I still won. How am I cheating? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like you point. cheated, and I still answered first and won. How am I, How did I cheat? I'm not saying you that cheated I'm... by keeping a question in the thing where you knew the answer to it. <laughs> but I'm not. A- I'm not answering it. Just so you could be a big brave boy. I'm not. But I it. you were hoping that I would do a bad job. Yes. And instead, I did an amazing job. That's true. And now your your whole little your whole little shtick backfired on no, you, it didn't, didn't it? Not at all. It did. I'm I feel think happier that I kept it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Our name, next question from Manifester Adams. Oh, what a great name. How many times has the priest been moved for screwing around? This is an interesting twist, but it makes sense that he wouldn't just be potentially breaking his celibacy for the first time like it's nothing. Uh, so I'm going to say this is his third place. I said four. Don't okay. know why. Just felt right. Yeah. Competitive underscore area 1414 asks, return asker. Which character slash storyline are you the most intrigued to see the middle episodes for? So I would love to be able to say Fleabag, but it seemed like she started the season off in a decent place and being better and more mature and happier with herself and then ended the season that way. So so I don't I don't think her her season's all that exciting. I do think Claire's takes some twists and turns for sure. The whole miscarriage thing and Martin and this other person named Claire who she's in love with and the haircutting and all that. Seems like Claire had some had some things go down. Uh, I mean for me, I think it has to be Hot Priest and the relationship with Fleabag. I, I don't think there's any other answer. You're a sucker for love, let me tell you. Yep. If there's Two things I know about Michael, it's he's a sucker for love and he'll fuck anything. Our next set of questions from Prince Starshine. What does the priest try on to show Fleabag? A few varieties of this. What do priests wear besides holy underwear? Get it? Holy underwear. Bad dad joke. Uh, Robes, my dude. And I think in the finale when he's like, "Wait (laughs) wait till you see it. I think that's a joke because she has already seen it. And they have to do this whole pretend thing like they do the rest of the wedding. I don't think so. I don't think she's shown him that full ro- priest regalia that okay. he wears at the end. I think it is just a bunch of neck collars. Mm. <laughs> okay, good. Be. It's a bunch of his different priestly collars. And after she says he has a beautiful neck, he's like, well, let me show you what I got and shows him a bunch of collars. Next question, same asker. What does the priest do to us when in the cafe holding Hillary? What a weird, weird question. I think he makes us happy <laughs> by being the adorable priest that holds the, the gerbil. Okay. I don't know. what. Like how? Yeah. He makes me horny because he's got a <laughs> gerbil in his hand? What else does he make me do? He actually, he made me file my taxes. He turned to me and he said, David, file your taxes right now. You better go do it. Are you kidding me? He's a church. They don't have to file taxes. There's no way. Not <laughs> yeah, way. but I mean, yeah, he probably, I mean, I don't, well, don't I don't know. Burton might be different. They might have different rules. But anyway, we now know that Hillary is the guinea pig after going back and watching the middle of season one. We didn't know mm-hmm. that. We actually both answered that incorrectly. I, I don't think that really helps us here. Well, maybe it does. I think perhaps he looks at us and does like the Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber like air vomit. 
which is wild because I thought that only Fleabag saw us. So, so you think you think that he breaks the fourth wall? He also breaks the fourth I wall. I think so, and I think it's because he can channel God. Oh, he's got God powers. Yep. Yeah, that's true. He does have God powers. Mm-hmm. He's got the power of faith on his side. There's no, there's no fucking way that he also breaks the fourth wall. That's wild. Because okay. then that destroys the whole thing. No, they're dead people. He's like, he's like fucking Bruce Willis. He sees he's dead people. Bruce Willis is the dead person. Oh yeah, it's like that boy. It's like Haley <laughs> Joel Osment. It's like Haley Joel Osment. You know, <laughs> you know, he sees dead people. Uh, I gross. mean, are you telling me that Bruce Willis didn't see his kindred folks? I think he saw them too, so I still think I'm right. Oh, so you're saying that as a ghost, you can also see other ghosts? Yeah, obviously. Or you'd just be bumping into other ghosts all the time, like a fucking traffic jam constantly. That's a good point. Do you think <laughs> ghosts are corporeal to other ghosts? No, I think they look like like they can feel them. Like they can feel them, but mm-hmm. they can't. Like they can't. Yeah, I think like, ghosts are blind. Touch. If I didn't, if I wasn't clear. Oh, so you think ghosts are blind? Yep. But they know other ghosts are around because correct. their their power of ghostly touch. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, but, yeah, that makes you know that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I think. Yeah. No, not even close. Um, it's bad. Stupid. Okay. Uh, in fact, another question from Prince Starshine: What canned cocktail do Fleabag and the priest always have together? Fun fact: This specific company's canned beverage became really popular after the show aired due to it. V eight tomato juice cocktail yo. That's how he stays regular. That can't be it. Okay. It can't. It can't be. I feel like it's 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 got to be some kind something alcoholic. I'm gonna get something stupid like White Claw. Okay. Well, that's a cocktail, but I mean, I don't think V8 has had a, a particular resurgence, <laughs> unless I missed that in, in the part. news. <laughs> Next question from Princess Starshine: What does Jake tell Fleabag to tell Claire? I don't know that he loves her or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Something creepy, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like all Jake knows how to say is "Where's Claire?" So mm-hmm. that's all we've ever seen, and we know. And the song was even called "Where's Claire?" So maybe he just tells Fleabag to tell Claire, "Where's Claire?" <laughs> I'm gonna go with some variation of "Martin is not my real dad," because he oh. thinks that will open up the lane for them to get jiggy with it. Oh, as gross! If, but... He's trying to introduce the stepbrother or the stepson idea. No, Terrible. not Get we're not even Jake. stepsons. I'm not related at all. A son-in-law? I'm just, I'm just some young kid. I'm just some young dude. Our next question from Pigstar Shine. After the church event, the priest runs after Fleabag to ask for something back because they're on loan and probably not even real. What did she take? Those cup things that the official church people used to drink the wine. Yeah, it's got to be some like ornamental gold, like looks golden piece of like church memorabilia, which doesn't seem like the right world to use, but we're going with it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say like golden offering bowls that get passed around to collect money. Okay. Next question, Prince Starshine. Can you fuck God? Fleabag to a therapist. What was the therapist's response? Yes, but not in the way you're thinking. No, you cannot. God does the fucking around these parts. You can't fuck <laughs> God, but God can fuck you. What a wild therapist. <laughs> but accurate. <laughs> so another question from C137 underscore Berta. What makes Fleabag realize that the priest understands her on a deep level? Does she like realizing he can do this thing? Hint, the answer is not abstract or emotional. It is a very specific thing that the priest does three times. That hint did not help me, uh, but if, nope. it's, if it's not make her come, I have no idea. I think it's the opposite. I think he refuses to have sex with her three times mm. before she finally breaks him okay. down. And that's why at the very beginning of the finale, she says, I can't believe you did that. Mm. 
Next question from Gray Lady Seven: Is hair everything? Yes. Next. Oh, the contrary. Hair is nothing. Let then me stop complaining me, about bangs, you dumb let me, idiot. Let me pose this question to you: Would you rather be with a bald woman with a beautiful face, or a butt ugly woman with amazing hair? Obviously, the the prior. Exactly. I rest my case. Hair is the most overrated aspect of a person, and I promise that I am not just saying that because my hair is a coarse pile of dirty hay. It's annoying that you have such strong opinions about bangs if you think that hair doesn't matter at all, and it's just about the like how good a person's face looks. But it can be so bad that it's like harming me. Bangs are not that bad. Okay. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Our next question from Mrs. Bob Fossil. Who is Pam? Little piggy Hillary mysteriously gets pregnant and has a baby guinea pig, which Fleabag has the priest name, and he goes with Pam, much to her dismay, because I am sorry, if you are listening and your name is Pam, it is bad. It is poo-poo. Do you think the thing that the priest does to us is teach us how to deliver a guinea pig baby? (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Pam is the receptionist in the office. Next question. Delos HR back again asks, does Bus Rodent make a cameo appearance? God, I hope so. He better be somewhere in here. His new name is Angry Beaver, and I hope so. Yeah, he is He is a human train wreck, and I, f- I feel like our rule always is, if it's asked about, it happens. So I'm going to take Delos at their word and say, yes, the beaver rides again. Yeah, this would be kind of a, a wild question <laughs> if he didn't. <laughs> Like you were that into Bus Roden from season one. I mean, I was. But I mean, either way, I'd love it. But yeah, uh, but yeah he he better. I, I would love to see him again. So what if like in this instance, Fleabag is falling in love with the priest and then Bus Roden comes back into the picture, but he's like had surgery and Shit, his teeth dog. are normal and still doesn't change his like shitty he's, personality. He's just like a super cool, awesome dude. Like he's just like in one year, he's made this giant change. Which, I mean, in one year, Fleabag has changed quite a bit, so yeah, not but, impossible. Yeah, but this dude is so dorky in the middle. He's even dorkier in the middle episode of season one. He, was, he, was, he was really dorky so. in those middle episodes, man. It was rough. It was rough to watch, and I defended you so much in our episode, bud, and then you just you made it hard to support you. I still don't think you're a douche. You're just a kind of a loser, yep. but make changes, man. Our next question from Delos HR, who or what became a little less holy than it used to be? crucifixes i'm going there i think that fleabag gets all hot and bothered in a confessional booth in the church when the priest still won't desecrate her body early on and uses the post end of a crucifix in her you know what no wow that's wild um i think that she makes a bunch of comments about the priest's neck and liking when he has the collar on so he wears the collar when they have sex and so she's referring to the collar that is a little less holy than it used to be if the crucifix is a short crucifix, you probably get some of Jesus' feet up in there. I hate you. Last question from Delos HR, and last question overall, is which bookend episodes are better, series one or two? But I think this dovetails nicely into our center counts, where we give a score for what we watched. So I think it's the perfect time to also compare the two bookend episodes in center counts. Center counts. I'm going to give this a four out of seven. Ooh, oh, that's a drop from your five. Yeah, I do okay. think it, it dropped a bit. It's mainly because I'm not getting as much 
comedic value from it that I was in season one, I think. I think this season comes is a little bit more serious. And I know, I mean, you're talking about the, the finale of the show. So there's a lot of like loose ends they need to tie up and like storylines they need to finish. And there's not as much humor in a lot of that when you're talking about serious stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it didn't feel as entertaining to me. It also, from our ends, seems like Fleabag definitely has her shit together, which I'm happy for her, but also not as funny or fun to watch. So yeah, I'm going to go with four out of seven. I do still think it's very good. It's well written and well made, uh, but just a, a little less entertaining for me. Okay. I went with a six out of seven, same score as last season. <sighs> but let me just say that after the first time through watching the two ends of season two, I would have chosen season one handily. Two felt immediately different tonally and, and Fleabag is just way less of a jerk. So I actually just recently started watching all of season one again with Ashley because I thought that she might appreciate it. And I don't think I realized the first time through how not great of a person Fleabag is. Like I thought she wasn't Mm -hmm. that great, but like she's actually, she does a lot of shitty things. Yep. And I think maybe some of it was just like, A, you know, I share a lot in common with her. So I kind of like had a bias there. But then B, I also think I was kind of blinded by Reddit love. I think like, I think everyone loves Fleabag so much that I was like, oh, she's not that bad of a person. She kind of sucks in season one. Like she does a lot. It's not just the, you know, the, the thing with Boo. Like she also was a jerk to Harry. Like, just completely used and walked all over Harry. Mm-hmm. Was a douche to Beaver Guy, even though, I mean, he is a loser, but... Was a douche to Beaver Guy and then just thought, like, oh, I let him fuck me, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, so no. It's she's, not. Yeah. So she's she's not a good person in season one. Enjoyable no. to watch. Entertaining. Has some qualities. Like, I'm not saying she just, everything she does is bad. No, but, like, objectively, she makes a lot of bad choices and uses people. So, all that said, though, the second time through... I, I like them about the same. They're just they're just different. They are wildly different. Season one has the dick wall, so I think I have to give it to that. But it's really really close. Season two is also it's more it's it's far more profound, and especially the finale. And I love the Martin speech. I love the priest speech about love. So gun to my head, I'm going to take season two. But not a like it's negligible. They're the same score, six out of seven. Very good show, and yeah, I'm I'm happy we're able to cover both seasons. Yeah, well, I guess that's a series wrap on Fleabag. It is. I'm kind of bummed. No more Fleabag. I like obviously I want to see more of the show because it's enjoyable. But I I do not think they can like there should not be a season three. Like she nope. relapses. No, like I think this was a great ending. Yep, it ended well. You have a show that literally has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Do not ruin it. Yep. But that is a wrap for Fleabag forever. David, what do we have coming up next? Well, coming up next, we're going to cover something else that has a high sh- a, a high Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> Just kidding. We are going to be covering Sharknado. Yep, wow. you heard me right. Sharknado with Steve from the Bucket of Chum podcast, a podcast where he just talks about shark movies, which is pretty incredible. Yep. I have watched the ends of Sharknado already in G Willikers. That is all I will say. G freaking Willikers. It's on YouTube for free, so probably go watch it if you haven't. Should be a good time. Yes, yes, yes. So please come back in two weeks if you want to listen to that. And thank you, as always, for supporting us and listening to the silly little show. Yeah, you guys are great. And if you found this uh, from from Fleabag and and you enjoyed yourself, then go check out some other some other uh, episodes. We have some other great stuff that we covered. We've covered good things. We've covered terrible things. Uh, it's all over the place. Indeed, like the difference between a dorky bus rodent and a hot priest. It's always better in the center. <laughs>